Welcome to Quantum Leap, the podcast that explores how we achieve new heights in leadership, our business, and our lives. I'm David Wolf, here as always with the Quantum Leap Catalyst, Terry Ostroviak. Terry, welcome back. Hi, David. I'm pleased to be here. Thrilled to be here. Well, this is uh, you know the continuing journey that we're on together with uh, Quantum Leap, the approach, uh, and it's uh, yeah, it is. It's always a journey. Uh, these short podcasts, I think, are just are just perfect for uh, those folks that um, are drinking the Kool Aid and understand the power of uh, Quantum Leap. Last week, we talked, of course, about consciously creating circumstances. And in the interim, I should share with everyone, I picked up the book written in 1935 by George Winslow Plummer, and I'm working my way through it, and it's, it's uh, quite uh, inspiring. The, the type is even from 1935. If you buy it on Kindle, it's qu- quite cool. And we talked about the end in mind, starting with the end in mind. I remember you know, I was just editing the podcast a few moments before we started rolling this week's recording. And, uh, you know, we were talking about visualization and we were talking about the power of seeing, working from the end in mind. My question to you, of course, was, uh, do you start from the end and reverse engineer? And your answer was absolutely yes. That's the idea, right? That was it. That, that is, in fact, exactly the way that I, I, I started my career almost, I would say, unconsciously knowing that that was the way to do it. When I was 24 years old, I was working in, in, in my grandfather's printing business, and i got to admit that I hated every moment of it. Somehow, when I say I hated it, I mean, I just didn't feel that this was going to be my future. Obviously, I made the most of every day. I did what I needed to do. And it was interesting, actually. I went out selling one day, and um, I, I, was, I was a little bit down that day, and I decided that the first thing that I wanted to do was to call on somebody that was going to be friendly. <laughs> and so, a warm lead. so I went to Dale Carnegie office. It, it was funny. And uh, I went to see my friend, uh, Bob Hopkins. And he said, oh, Terry, you must have got my message. And I said, no. What message was that? He said, oh, I just left a message for you to call on me. I said, really? What was it about? He said, well, I've got some printing I want you to be doing. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Wow. And literally, and then he said, I'll tell you another thing that I, the reason I called is because I wanted you to, to come and work with us mm-hmm. full time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. within two weeks, I had made that transition. Of course, my, to, to, to the real chagrin of my family who thought this was a, a Mickey Mouse thing to do when, when, you know, when there was this huge uh, printing business available. Right. But I knew, I knew what I wanted. And within a few weeks, I had enrolled myself on a, on a sales course uh, at Dale Carnegie. And the first thing they asked me to do was to write out my goal on a little card, uh, literally a three-by-five card. And the funny thing about it is that I still have it today. And I'm going to read what I wrote in 1964. When I when I first joined Dale Carnegie, this is brilliant. I love this. So here, you know, we were going to talk today about the power of goals and writing them down. So here it is. Take yourselves back to 1964. That was a good year, by the way. All right. Yes, yes. And yeah. I and at that stage, I was about uh, 24 years old. Right. 25 years old. Amazing. And this is what I wrote. As a schoolboy, I had one ambition to help people. I was offered a job at Dale Carnegie and grabbed it because it was a huge step forward towards my ambition. By the end of 1965, I hoped to be a sales promoter, whatever that was. The next step is an associate sponsorship, which includes being an instructor in both courses. 
My ultimate goal is to be a national sponsor by 1979 at the age of 40 years of age. Material gain is not important, but I hope to retire at 60 years of age with a return of 500 rand per month, which would be the equivalent of about $500. That's big money in 1964, probably. Yes, for a kid of of 24, that seems to be a really large amount of money. What's interesting about it is, if we just jump forward, is that in 1975, I was offered an opportunity to take over the national license for Dale Carnegie in, in, in the area that I was operating in which was mainly Johannesburg, but also which was – there were three provinces involved, Transvaal and Orange Free State province. But the interesting thing was that my mentor at that time, Dick Morgel, said, Terry, I knew that you always wanted to do this, and look what you've done. Maybe wow. 30 years later, you've achieved the goal that you set for yourself. And so I don't know why I kept the card, but I kept the card that was uh, used on that sales course at that time not realizing how powerful the, the idea of, uh, of George Plummer was, which is unconsciously or consciously creating circumstances, I had consciously created the circumstance. And the thing was that it was written down. Now, why is that important? Well, I have a three-step formula that I use in my coaching, and it's simply this. Number one, we have to access our intuition. That's the first step in the process. Most of us don't even realize that this huge resource is available for us at any time if we heighten our awareness and tap into it every now and again. People that are more rationally thinking than others that are more sort of intuitional um, don't often do this kind of thing. But I'm suggesting that every one of us has the ability to do it. It's almost like plugging into this resource and making it work for us. So step number one is to access our intuition, to listen to it. And then, if possible, if there's somebody around that we can talk to, start talking about it. Well, I found myself creating a situation where I would test out the intuition by verbalizing it with friends or in conversations in general. I would say things like, How does this sound to you? What do you think about this? Whatever it was that I had accessed in my intuition. Yes. And it became a conversation. So I had created, unconsciously created a conversation with people about the thing that I was interested in. And very often those conversations led to exactly what is happening this morning, a conversation that you and I had a bit earlier where I said to myself, this is the material that I would like to talk about today. Right. So that's the second step is conversing with people or Mm -hmm. verbalizing the intuition. Mm -hmm. Step number three Vitally important is the documenting of it. Some of us us are not good at doing that. Some of us are very good at doing that. Lots of people journalize what the events that occur virtually every day of their lives, create a diary, I suppose. Um, I've never actually done that because I'm more of of an auditory learner than I am from being a visual learner. So I found that the talking was very important. But having written down this goal for myself years and years and years ago really has stuck in my mind as a guideline, as a sort of lighthouse for me that told me that if I wrote it down, 
I felt as if I was committed to it, and my life became intentional rather than haphazard. So when we talk about uh, consciously creating circumstances, that is the idea behind it. So once I'd written it down, I felt committed to follow through with the plan. That's the reason for doing this. And in the coaching that I do, I ask people to follow through on and, and actually write down what it is that they want. Now, the interesting thing about writing stuff down is that we can't write it down unless it's clear in our minds. So the best way to be clear in our minds as to what we want is to write things down. The moment we do that, it suddenly takes form. It has shape, and it creates a picture in our mind as to what we want. And those pictures actually are the things that guide us. So if we want to be in control of our lives or manage our lives effectively, that's the way to do it. You wanted to say something. What is it? Baby? Oh, you sensed that I was, I guess you heard my breath. Thank you. That was, that was really <laughs> I cool. So I just want to review. So it's access the intuition. It's talk yes. about it and verbalize it and, you know, become, make it a conversation that happens out loud so you can hear yourself saying it and begin to sort of create what I'll call sort of a, a conscious accountability to yourself because you're saying it about yourself. And then the documentation, the writing of it down, and I like this added piece about you can't construct sentences coherently unless there's clarity in the vision, in the expression. So the writing of it down really does force one to uh, to to clarify uh, and to construct the sentences. I mean, as you and I work, we work, we, 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 we 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 chisel away at the language, the exact verbiage, and that's critical, isn't it? Absolutely, and that's a, that's kind of a secret source to the whole process. It's not a matter of just scribbling down random thoughts. It's much more than that. It's actually. Uh, uh, choosing the right words and making sure that the picture that we are describing in what we're writing down is exactly what it is that is true for us. Mm -hmm. It's an integrity in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And we can read it and we, would, might, we might modify it a day or two later and then modify it again and we'll eventually get it down to a point like I did with this card, this piece that I just read you. Yes. I didn't write it down. It didn't come to, it didn't flow through me immediately like that. But I sat and I worked through it, and then eventually on, on other pieces of paper, and then eventually I put it onto this very yellow little card, which just simply says, "My goal in life." <laughs> and uh, mm. it's it's amazing actually that that guided me for those years. And I love the fact that that it is the continuity. Um, I wanted to mention one other thing for our audience's benefit. When you work with Terry, and I'm doing that now, parallel to this series, uh, sort of by design, we. Um, Terry, uh, you have come up with a very, very specific, I'll call it a form of documentation. And um, there are very specific documents involved, actually three, uh, which is part of your secret sauce with Quantum Leap. And I don't know whether uh, you'd like to share just a bit about the, well, let's the process. start the, the process and the, the importance of, um, you've created this format, this tree for us to hang our verbiage on, and, and it's a very intentional structure there. So talk a little bit about that. Well, the, the initial part of the process is actually just simply, well, I say simply writing a plan. It's not that simple. It actually requires quite a lot of thought. And the first part of it is to create a vision of an ideal situation. 
to actually describe in our minds what it is we want for ourselves, let's say in our business, because essentially I am a business coach, not a life coach. Okay. And uh, and, and that, that doesn't – so in other words, it always has the focus of, of being in business. Now, that could be at any level. It could be on, at the CEO level, the C-level, or it could be young potentials, which I – whom I love working with. And uh, and but it has to do with what do I have to do in order to uh, earn a living, and what is the, my career life pattern that I, that I'm trying to establish? Yes. And once that that vision is is articulated, and essentially what I ask people to do is to write down the vision in about one page, let's say a full scale page, or maybe a bit smaller than that. And it comes about in short sentences, always short sentences, like one idea at a time on a line uh, without any limitations of time, energy, people, or things. None of those things really matter in the whole process. And I guide people through that process to actually create a vision of the ideal situation. So once we've got that down, and once again, that's not just a one-off process. We could end up with seven or eight or nine different drafts of that initial document. But it becomes a vitally important document because it's a, it's a, it's a documentation of a purpose that we are working on, an intentional purpose. And so it does require fine, precision-like uh, sentences that describe exactly what it is that we want. And in, in a sense, once again, we are documenting our intuition. That's really what we're doing. So there's the resource that we're tapping into. Now, as a coach, I can't create that for another person. That's why I say this is a very adult process where the coachee or the person that is, is allowing themselves to be coached comes up with the, with the information and works on it and gets excited about it. It has an emotional impact it grabs us because it's about us, not about somebody else's idea for us. Yes. That's the idea. That's, that's a critical. The, yes, it is critical. And then the next step is to say, okay, that's what I'm, I'm looking for. The next step is to say, okay, what is the, what is the reality? What, is exact, what exactly is happening right now? The starting point in this process, what's either working right now or not working right now? Both sides of the coin. And then when the two sides are ready, then we say to ourselves, okay, now that I've got that reality situation where we are right now, how do I move from there to the intentional uh, ideal vision that I'm, that I'm aiming at? That's the idea behind it. And the gap between the two is the, where we do the work. That's the idea behind it. So for the audience, I mean, again, no limitations. So – we don't realize it, but our thoughts are quite limited. Uh, we become accustomed to certain thought cycles and certain narratives in our mind, belief systems that are informed by repeating, uh, repetitive thoughts that affect our belief system through life. And so this exercise, and I'm going through it now, of removing limitations so that you can make, you know, what we like to call here a quantum leap conceptually is a big, big ingredient. And, you know, it's easy to just say it, we remove all limitations, but that is not an easy thing for us to do as humans in this modern world. The other thing that struck me for me, and I have a rather complex sort of thought 
process naturally because I'm creative and you know a lot of busy mind. So for me, you uh, working with me to really uh, what I'll call force shortening my phrases, simplifying the language was extremely useful in getting clarity and making these phrases purposeful and results oriented, particularly in the FRD. And folks will get into this later, but there's a function results uh, description. Uh, document amidst the tools that Terry uh, uses for this process that really forces an actionable goal setting. But the language is what I'm talking about. It, it, it forced me to, to, well, first of all, to realize how complicated my thinking was and that in some cases that's just not serving me, right? Right. You know, we are inundated by so much stimuli from, from, from every possible media source out there that our minds wander from one thing to another the whole time. And this is an exercise in concentration on one thought at a time to follow it through sequentially. And then uh, once we've stuck to that, to follow it through to some sort of logical conclusion. Most time, the stimuli that is bombarding us takes us away from that 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 thought pattern. Yeah. And so uh, this is really what I'm doing. Now, here's the saying that makes the difference. Here's a little piece of what I would call secret sauce, and I didn't invent it. I picked it up actually from another organisation many years ago, okay. and it became very important to me. It's this phrase: "Action lives on the tongue. What we verbalise comes our reality." When we document it, that becomes the reality for us. That reinforces it even more. So the language that we use, the things that we say, are, are, are become the reality for us because that is us expressing what our intuition is telling us. So if we go around talking negatively about stuff, express our fears about something that's coming up, the chances are that that will hold us back. We've been watching the Olympics voraciously in the last few weeks, and we've seen the phenomenal gymnastics team of the United States. And I can honestly say that there has never been an experience where five athletes, five gymnasts, were so uh, were so successful because they did. They somehow or other had been trained not to allow their negative thoughts. Uh, to bombard them at the moment that they were performing a particular sequence. They believed that that sequence was going to work itself through to the end. They had the, the picture in their minds. That's basically what they've been drilled in. But if they had doubts about that, the chances are they would falter and not be able to follow through. And one of the ways that we mere mortals can do this is by verbalizing it and then documenting what we want it to be. And, and maybe documenting it again and fine-tuning it again. It's, that's the process, actually, is to constantly be doing that until it becomes so impinged on our minds, burnt into our minds, that that's the way that we need to go and that's the way we need to think. So I know any time I get off track uh, and I allow the negativity or the, or the, the, the uh, you know, all these other thoughts to sort of bombard me, then that's going to create the problem. Whereas if I stick to what I, when I, what I believe at that moment and follow it through, even although every now and again I do question it, but if I verbalize it strongly enough, that will become my reality. That's I, how I work. Yeah, and I have found that working with you, one of the key ingredients is the, the consistency. Every week we work. 
And even if I'll go into a session feeling like the documentation that we're working from, which languages so much of the goal setting, uh, is already there, there's always something to tweak. There's always something to work off of or trigger off of to talk about that reinforces the language of the goals that are, we're looking at together and uh, maybe improves it or maybe slightly changes uh, a way of saying something because, you know, after all, um, you know, time is moving on and we do migrate slightly, but, it, but it's not mission creep at all. It's really designed to keep us on mission, but the way we're talking about the mission can be uh, altered and molded, and that's part of the process. I think exactly. a different way of saying the same thing. And you know, the thing that keeps us on track more than anything else is to be able to focus on what I call little victories, little daily victories that occur. Mm -hmm. So when little things work the way that we expect them to work, to focus on that and say, look what I, just was, what I was just able to do. If I can do that again, if I can have this little success today again and do it again, then that becomes my reality. Whereas if I start focusing on all the things that may go wrong or are going wrong for me, yes. then that becomes the reality. And that just robs us of all our energy and our momentum and uh, ensures that we, we're never going to make it. So powerful. That's the idea. So powerful. Terry, what a great session. So much to digest for this week. Website I should mention for Terry is www.quantumleapcatalyst.com uh, or for short, you can go qlcatcat.com, qlcat.com. Terry, till next week, we'll see you again, and uh, thank you. Thank you very much, David. I enjoyed talking with you today, and we'll do it again next week. Mm -hmm.